Transition Awareness Breathing. Feeling grounded for both children and parents is essential for healthy living and learning. Join Eartha Powell on this series for tips and tools for creating a harmonious environment for learning. Transition Awareness Breathing will help you and your child find an individualized path to tackle change, promote lifelong learning, and discover new approaches to calmness. Hello, everyone. This is me, Eartha, and welcome to Transition Awareness Breathing Podcast. Today, um, we're going to do something a little bit more traditional, which um, I usually don't do a lot of things traditional, but I thought that uh, it'd be cool to kind of start our class off in a little bit of a presentation. And then at the end, I would really like to guide you in a mindfulness practice. So, the goal and the structure of our park of our podcast is that I would like to share information with you that is practical, um, that is a um, positive um, gift to you that will help you in your mindfulness practice, and also something that will give you information to make positive lifestyle choices. Um, so here we are. I have my uh, little background on uh, in the back, like around a porch or something like that. Um, we are in the coolest part of our day here in Texas. It's 98. <laughs> the high is supposed to get 101. So I thought I would just, you know, come out and enjoy the cool breeze and give you some information about our topic today is building a mindfulness holistic aging link. But first, before I get started, I would like to thank Web Talk Radio for allowing me to have a platform to bring Transition Awareness Breathing podcast to you and to my producers, Mary Lou and Sam, my hardworking producers, <laughs> who help uh, me get these podcasts out, these visual uh, video podcasts. Thank you, Marilyn and Sam, so much for getting uh, TAB podcasts out to my listeners everywhere they go. And I'd also like to do a couple of uh, thank yous and shout outs <clears throat> to my friend, Arella. Hi, Arella. <laughs> Arella has been helping me pilot a lot of my um, technical um, challenges so that I can get a little bit smoother in presenting to you. And so um, I'm able to be able to present to you in a little smoother fashion uh, with the help and I with most um, big gratitude, Arella, for um, being there for me and uh, helping me get through all my little glitches. And also, I would like to give a shout out to um, Fred. This is a company. It's called uh, Fred of Queensboro. I use that company to do a lot of um, uh, my merches, you know, like hats and T-shirts. And so today, I just want to show you. I'm wearing my tap shirt. Um, 
they're so cool. They are so patient. This um, tap, the tap shirts and the company. Uh, I hope you don't mind me giving you this information, but if you know if you're any kind of business and stuff, I think it's really helpful. <clears throat> Excuse me. If we kind of give people a positive word every once in a while, you know, it's uh, Fred at Queensboro.com. Um, they are there to serve and to make sure we are satisfied as far as the products that we are purchasing. So I get a lot of T-shirts and hats for my students, for myself, and I want to do something a little different this year and have uh, my logo on my shirt. Uh, just a short story. The first a few shirts that I received, no fault of Fred at, at Queensboro, but it came out looking more like something I didn't envision in my mind, it, like like scrubs. And I didn't really have that in my mind. So I wrote them and said, you know, the, the design is great. The embroidery is perfect. Just not what I had in mind. And they redid it. Uh, what I had purchased, 100% satisfied no extra charge. So check them out, Fred at Queensboro. Okay, so that's my gratitude practice. <laughs> and just to show you, you can show gratitude at anything you do in your business, in your work, in your social life, wherever. It's just taking a second and just kind of saying thanks. So let's get started. So this is what we're going to talk about today, building a mindful, holistic aging link. What does it mean? I read an article. What got me on this topic, the, the topic was from Wall Street Journal. And I'll talk about, a little bit about that in a few seconds. It really tied in to what I wanted to discuss with you today. Uh, but it's a different dynamic. So I thought it was a very good lead in um, about perceptions, about being non-judgmental non non harmful <laughs> judgmental and biases and that's those are the mindfulness qualities and um focuses that I want to bring into this uh, into this uh conversation with you today however um when i read this article by wall street journal it just gave me a perfect step to integrate all this information So how do our perceptions contribute to aging? A perception is based on a lot of different things, our experiences, our values, where we live, our understanding, our maturity, all those come into how we perceive things and then also how we react to things. As we age, our bodies age. It's a natural process. It's a fact of life. If we are not aging, if we're not growing, we're not developing. And then questions might come up. What happens if our bodies do not change? What happens? Is there, you know, if we're, mar if we're not making specific developmental timelines, as soon as we are conceived, we begin to grow. We begin to develop and um, different parts of our body. And 
you know, in the early years, you know, we're being monitored or our children are being monitored because we all came the same way or we wouldn't be here. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're being evaluated if we're meeting certain um, developmental tasks and developmental goals. And if not, then, you know, a lot of different questions are asked. I'm just going to put my notes up here so that uh, I can make sure I'm staying on track. So aging is a, is a natural process. However, I think sometimes when society thinks of aging, it's, it's speaking about something later on in life. But if we really want to take a mindful look about aging, aging means you're growing. You're getting older. Each moment, we are all aging. We're growing older. But are we aging holistically? That's my question. In the article I was referring to earlier by the Wall Street Journal, released uh, July 4th, uh, 2023, Clara Ansbury had an article and it said uh, the title was, Here's When We Hit Our Physical and Mental Peaks. The information was pretty interesting. She had a few scientists that uh, provided some interesting uh, physiological information about the aging process of our physical body and, and what happens. It pointed out that creativity peaks at either a very early age or later in our career. And some of the Examples they gave was, for example, uh, people who are into uh, sports. Those athlete, those um, athletes, oftentimes, you know, they peak at their performance at what we would consider a very early age. And maybe uh, some uh, CEOs, they may come and in in peak at their performance at a very um, uh, later age. And, you know, that's why they were CEOs. They have the expertise. They have the networks and things like that. And at every age, they pointed out in Wall Street Journal, we're getting better or worse at something. And it was this statement that I went, hmm. <laughs> the choice of words. I think I knew what they were trying to say. The, the choice of words was very uh, interesting. We're either getting better at something or we're getting worse. From a mindfulness perspective, I think I would have rephrased it and said, at every age, we're getting different. Or at every age, we are growing from one stage to another. I think what really got me, because, and I think the reason why this, uh, the way it was phrased, really was sensitive to me is because the topic I wanted to talk about today, which is um, being non-harmful, using non-harmful judgment. And also we're going to talk about, um, about our biases. And I think that's what really uh, sensitized me. But let's go on. So better or worse, what does it mean? 
Okay, so I, what did I do? I just kind of listed some of the highlights that they pointed out in their, their article. Uh, asterisks indicating, uh, you know, doing things better in the younger years, and then the pluses uh, indicating getting better at with um, aging. So what age group? I think that's a, a pretty variable, you know, because that's another question. So as far as physical performance and cognitive data processing, experimental thinking, these things, these these uh, behaviors seem, according to, to their researchers, are, are, are done with... Um, with a little bit more accuracy in the younger years. However, on the other side of the coin, strategic development and critical or conceptual uh, thinking and vocabulary skills seem to um, are, are seem to are, uh, have been shown to be better in later years. Well, I I think if we really want to to talk it. And, and dissect this a little bit more, I think we can see why, um, but that's not what we want to focus on, but just, just a hair bit snippet. Um, you know, when we're going through school, we're, we're finishing our high school, we're getting finished with college, we are primed, we are sharp, and we are ready to use everything that we have learned from our professors, our teachers, and our mentors. As we are in our profession, or whatever we are working at. We could be entrepreneurs. We could be uh, parents, you know, new parents starting off. And then when you become a little bit more uh, experienced at, at parenting, I love watching a lot of the uh, Facebook <laughs> uh, shows when, you know, there's a family and they have these uh, multiple children and have everything all organized. I just admire them. Uh, and so anyway, um, so it, it goes along the same concept that when we get experience and we're able to cognitively perceive things and we deal with different um, situations, we do become wiser. We do become more mature. Most most people, most people. Um, and when we're when we're first out of school, we're, we're sharp on the information that has been taught to us. I mean, it is it is uh, not in the back corner. And so I think this is a kind of a natural uh, state in the aging process, in the life cycle. That's just my thought. And so the focus, I, I put everything kind of like in a circle and kind of uh, group things a little bit differently. I think the focus is productivity, physical activity, and reproductive cycle. So when we're starting off, you know, we're concentrating on monetary earnings. You know, we want to try to build up a, a healthy um, portfolio with our finances. We're working at uh, getting promotions and growing the next generation. We're trying to earn enough um, 
to have some comforts as as we are busy in our life cycle. After a while, you know, the the family starts to grow, and so our schedules become a little bit more complex. Uh, we have some um, competition going on because a lot of times that's the way our organizations, our work, our work structures are. You know, you, you gain points, you gain promotions. Um, competition as far as physical health. You know, you want to stay healthy. You're working out because it helps you feel. Um, I would say, you know, uh, more alert, more uh, flexible in your thinking and in your reactions. And also we're working on expanding our, our network, our social network, our our um, professional network. And so all that is going on in this cycle. Now, as all this is going on, we have good days, we have bad di- bad days. And we talked a little bit before in a previous podcast about stress. Eventually, um, you know, when we have that healthy stress, that's what Dr. Robert Ney had pointed out to us, that the, the, there, there's a healthy point, the apex of that, that bell curve, where it is a natural um, healthy stress where we, we get up, we're active in life. Uh, if we are at a zero um, physical activity and a, a zero motivation, that's zero participation in life. That's the way I kind of see it. But when we're participating in life, we're stimulated. And so we want to stay at that healthy point. However, over time, as different stressors occur, be they physical stressors, family stressors, relationship stressors, whatever, we talked about that last time, it gets our body into a state of stress. It moves our our body into a state of readiness all the time. And so we're not able to come back to a baseline of calmness, of relaxation. And over time, if we continue to stay in a state of readiness and stress, it becomes unhealthy for our bodies. Now, this is all part, you know, while we're involved in our corporate professional lives. If we don't participate in activities that brings us to a healthy stress level, the allostatic syndrome begins and that sets us up for medical conditions and then at the same time we're still aging because aging is not something that you that stops maybe scientists are trying to prove that it stops it continues it is a natural process our bodies regenerate the skin tissues organs and things like that and we want it to we we want ourselves to be healthy as we age and i think that is the point to be holistically aging in a healthy fashion however i think while we are in our corporate mode in our work mode in our younger years we're more focused on the productions of our 
of things outside of ourselves. We're busy. And as our children get busy, our schedules become busier. And so here we are in the center. And we're just kind of juggling things. Have we taken the time to take care of us? Have we taken the time to make calmness our strength? Because when we can take the time to make calmness our strength, we have the strength, we have the energy, we have the cognition, ability to even be more productive at whatever age we're at. What happens when we get to a point in our our life and life cycle in our life cycle where the productivity and physical activity, you know, we retire, we make up job changes, and you know, the children are grown, they've gone to college, they're starting families of their own. What happens then? Are we, you know, and, and uh oh I've yeah, an often uh term is called empty nest. Empty nest. You know, the birds have flown away. Now what do we do? We're here. Well, you know, is it time to go traveling? We can go, we can sleep in, we can volunteer different activities. But the thing about it is, is what we're doing is trying to fill a spot that we were busy with, with other things, but we're still not centered on ourselves. We think we are. We think we're centered on ourselves. But, you know, you always have that bucket list. You know, when I'm not so busy, I'm going to go traveling. When I'm not so busy, I'm going to sleep in. I'm going to eat anything I want to. Uh, I'm going to volunteer. But the qualities of ourselves, are we really involved in? How do we build a mindfulness bridge? One thing I suggest is that we be open to explore self-judgments and implicit biases. How are, what is our self-talk like? Because that's what we're left with. We're left with, you know, I feel, I feel unimportant. I haven't been working. I miss my, my work colleagues. I miss traveling for the company. Um, and as we, as, as we travel and as we interact with others, we are, we are forming different kinds of judgments and all, and different kinds of biases and biases and having judgments are normal. It's another part of life. I think we should start with ourselves. What is our self-talk like? How do we perceive our interactions, our interactions with kindness and patience with others? How do we react in being grateful and forgiving with others? We're not pointing fingers at how somebody else should be grateful or how somebody else should be patient. Because see, we were in that work mode, we had the right evaluations, we had to do management, we had to do leadership. That was that role. Now, focusing on ourselves. And this is a 
big growth changer. This is a very, um, I would say not difficult, but it is different because we're not accustomed to focusing on ourselves so deeply. We may have uh, people like talking to us and pointing their fingers. You're not patient. You're not kind. You don't talk with compassion. You're not very forgiving. I mean, you feel like you're in the center of a target. And so what do you do? Well, you're going to, you're going to try to protect yourself. Yeah. The body thinks it's being threatened. We talked about that in our stress class. And so we're not open to receive this information. So we should learn about the information. It's my suggestion. And we can do a little bit of self-talk to ourselves. This is a list of mindful qualities that was compiled by Gina Bagel of Stress Teens. That's her company. And I had finished that course uh, last month. It's a great course. Um, and I'm so appreciative to Gina uh, for opening her mind and her mentorship and sharing different experiences that helped me understand how important it was to include these mindful qualities throughout our lives. Now, if you look at these qualities, I know the print is kind of small, and we're not going to concentrate on these right now, but these qualities are not new. You've heard these qualities in many different aspects of your life, in your personal life, in your spiritual life, in your belief systems. But here they're compiled, and we're going to talk about these mindful qualities in relation to ourselves with no judgment. And so with no judgment, maybe we should start there. To begin looking at our mindful qualities, not when we have left the workforce or not when we have made a big career change, but how about incorporating and working on mindful qualities, starting with non-harmful judgment in a perspective of ourselves when we are very active, when we are at the peak of our performance, at the point when, when, when our focus is so much on getting a promotion, making uh, monetary uh, uh, heights in our portfolios. At that time, at those times, incorporating these qualities, maybe that's the time we should incorporate and start looking at how we respond. You know, paying attention to that center. A little bit about biases and judgments. Biases and judgments are made by everyone. Some of them are good judgments and, and biases, and some of them are not. And so we recognize that whether we like it or not, regardless of what our belief system is, regardless of what our value system is, 
regardless of our religion, these differences exist. And these differences make up a very diverse society. We don't have to agree with it, and we don't have to not agree with it. But we can recognize this is our world that we live in. Now, how we operate in the world is our choice. Our biases and our judgments can affect productivity, job opportunities, educational growth, relationships, team dynamics, healthcare, and more. If we're making judgments or holding on, you know, um, unconscious biases, and a lot of times those biases are because of our how we grew up and the people we were, we were around. So we don't know any different. We don't even realize that we're, we may be uh, showing different biases. And when people point out things or a population starts to bother us for whatever reason, maybe we should kind of self-reflect and ask why. The judgments, if our judgments are harmful, and that's this, I think that's the key word. If it's causing someone harm physically, spiritually, mentally, or through their values and not promoting growth, that's a harmful judgment. All this, while we're dealing with all, all this and how to manage a diverse society, we're aging. We, as we are aging, we're becoming part of a population <laughs> that may be uh, the target of bias. Because, you know, if we are fortunate and blessed, we will all grow old one day. And even when we grow old, yeah, who has a bias against people? for the contributions of where they're at, whatever their ability, whatever their gender, whatever their race, a contribution is what a person can give. It's a, it's a gift. So let's continue. If we started holistically and mindfully looking at ourselves, and we're just going to kind of um, let's talk about the non-harmful judgment. And we can do this with, with each mindful quality, but we're starting with the harmful judgment, non-harmful judgment. If we started while we're in the workforce, and that's what this represents, the circle with the blue and where it says start here. If we started there and the inner circle, we're including ourselves where the spiral lines are. And then as we move through the cycle of life, as we age, we're taking that with us. And by the time we get to that point, we're, continue to, we're continuing to learn and we're becoming more comfortable. It's a lifestyle. It's part of us. And we can pass that on to generations. Well, that was my presentation. Now let's do a practice. Our practice is called a loving kindness practice. And I 
model our practice after um, Gina Beagle's practice of heartfulness. So I'm using her guide, but I just changed some of the words a little bit. Um, so we're going to start with the circle. The circle, the circle represents ourselves. And inside this circle, it is our goal, is our focus to build ourselves to be more peaceful, to be happy or more happy, <laughs> and to show loving kindness to ourselves at first. And so what we're going to do, I'm going to guide you in a practice. And we're going to work through those who are around us and showing peacefulness, happiness, and loving kindness. And then we're going to focus on those around you in your immediate circle, you know, your family, the person sitting next to you, and showing that person peacefulness, happiness, and loving kindness. And then we're going to focus in on ourselves. Because, so why am I starting with the outside people? And that was my question when I, I took the course with Gina. And one thing she said is oftentimes we're not, we're not comfortable starting with ourselves. But sometimes we're more comfortable starting with other people. So let's bring what we give to other people and share it with ourselves. So I invite you to get into a comfortable position. And I'm going to get my notes here and as you're getting into a comfortable position and try to be in a, a place that, that is uh, with the least amount of distractions. If you, if you could um, just close your eyes, if you're comfortable. And if you're not just, if you're not comfortable closing your eyes, maybe focus on something, have something um, as a focal point that you can gaze at. Now, as you're in your comfortable position, this is a good time to readjust. If you feel any pressure or, you know, is this not right? And we're just going to kind of scan our body. We're going to do a body scan, starting with our toes to the top of our head. Checking out how your body feels, releasing any tensions or any pressures. Notice your breath. And, you know, just kind of take easy breaths. And when, oftentimes when we notice our breath, we're kind of paying attention to, to it so much. We're intentionally maybe taking too deep of a breath or, or our, our breath is speeding up. So, Maybe you can just count and breathe in one. Blow out one. Breathe in two. And blow out two. And that can help you slow down. But if you don't need to do that, that's just an option. That's just to yourself. I'm just kind of repeat some of the words that I have there on the screen. 
And you're going to say this just to yourself, but your thoughts and your focus is going to be to all people. May all people be peaceful. May all people be happy. May all people be healthy. And may all people be filled with loving kindness. No judgment. Not some people. Not just the people you, you hang around with. All people. And so you may want to think about that. And relate to your feelings. How are you feeling about that? How does it feel to include all people without judgment? Now we're going to move and direct our focus to just a person, another person, maybe in your family or those around you. May you be peaceful. May you be happy. May you be filled with loving kindness. And may you be healthy. Without judgment. And now we're going to focus in on ourselves. And we're going to use the I word. May I be peaceful. May I be happy. May I be filled with loving kindness. And may I be healthy. And as you are saying that and thinking it, paying attention to how you feel without judgment, without, well, if I had to take my medication, without that, right now. Because, you know, if, if we're at a point where we have to have help to be in a state of health, it's okay. It's okay to have help. End of practice. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to talking to you again next time. And we're going to continue our discussion on how to build that mindful link, mindfulness link of aging. We're going to go into a little bit more about really taking away the judgment and taking away bias. We can't take it all away, but we can recognize it. Thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you again next time. Have a great day. Be sure and pick up a copy of Eartha's new book, Tab Mindfulness, Awareness and Coloring Activities in a Pandemic World. It's not just an ordinary coloring book. It features 23 illustrations to stimulate thought, relaxation, and creativity for anyone between the ages of 4 and 94. Increase your positive self-talk energy. Unlock new creative paths. Transform your time once or twice a week to create beautiful art while strengthening confidence, building positive self-talk, and sensitize self-awareness. Tab Mindfulness, awareness and coloring activities in a pandemic world. It's available now at Amazon.com.